Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for Mind Your Business. Now, they may not be related to us by flesh and blood, but I'm sure you, like me, if you're a pet owner, you cherish your pets because it's like your tiny little fur kid, right? Your fur kid for life type of thing. Pet care presents a unique set of challenges. But with the right strategies, you can have the happiest pet on the block. Why not, right? And as you'd expect, the move to pet parenting has major implications for the pet food as well as the pet care industry. So in order to offer the best possible solutions and products for this evolving demographic, businesses in this sector have been working hard to evolve as quickly as their consumers. Uh, because because, you know, we're spoiled for choice. You're looking overseas and, you know, what other markets can offer. And you start to order these things, you know, online. So, you know, if you're a local player, you yourself would also want to be part of this huge market. And I think we also saw a boom in pet ownership, especially during the pandemic. This, of course, in other parts of the world, right? And people were locked up at home. So obviously, you want some company. Our next guest has a very interesting proposition. He uses uh, or leverages technology and data in a meaningful way to benefit pet owners concerned for the well-being of their beloved dog or cat. So we'll find out a little bit how this works. On the line with me this morning is Richard Nielsen, who's the co-founder, who is the founder and CEO of My Pet Go. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Good to be with you guys. Hey, I understand you're in Spain. Love that country. So do I. I'm currently in Barcelona. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. All right, I'm excited already. Let's talk about My Pet Go, one of the world's most powerful, functional and accurate health and location monitor for dogs and cats. You guys have recently raised $3.5 million in a pre-launch funding and you yourself also co-founded LifestyleAsia.com back in 2006. So a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about how you got the idea for My Pet Go. Sure. Um, so I guess I was in the media industry and, um, you know, it was getting harder and harder to win over the, the ad dollars and um, big boys being Facebook and, and Google, etc. they were very good at leveraging data and could, with a precision that we could never match, um, win more deals. So I said to myself, whatever I do next, I need to be able to harness and leverage data in a meaningful way in a non-evil way, where it ultimately benefits the end user. In this case, it's both the pet and the pet owner, certainly. And so the idea behind it was uh, partly that I wanted to do a data play, but also that I wanted to be able to uh, get into the pet space, right? And uh, being a pet parent myself, I was struggling to find a monitor that could Praxis had been my Maltese, his sort of vital health signs and his location data, right? Nothing worked for Singapore, mm-hmm. nothing worked across Asia. And so it pretty much started out being interested in the sector and discovering that I couldn't get a product myself to work in the Singaporean market. Hmm. That's interesting. So how long did the R&D take? And I assume you used uh, your dog Caesar as a bit of a test subject with these monitors, right? Very much so. He's been wearing a monitor every prototype and he's currently wearing the 
the ones that we've gone to market with, and he he loves it. He has no issues with with the uh, the monitor itself. So so um, the R and D was pretty painful, I have to say. I mean, I'm not a hardware engineering type of person. I'm more of a business guy. So I had to essentially go back to to school and 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 sort of read up on this and and bring in some very talented uh, co-founders and colleagues. And um, essentially, there was a, a a a lot of testing, a lot of validation, a lot of trying to figure out um, how to get this right. Because, you know, there is really no reference point uh, to look at and say, look, we're, we're going to, to take what these guys have built. We're going to reverse engineer it. We're going to try to do this better. There is not, not such a, a, a reference anywhere globally today. There are monitors and trackers, but I think, you know, what we've built is, is, is a very different product. You know, simplistic data, explained in a layman way, then what can people actually do with that data, right? Just giving data for the sake of data is not very helpful. He said the second dimension must be give people a push notification with what they can actually do with that data. And, and the, the, the sort of third dimension should be if we discover an issue, let's say on the health side, can we also then propose a solution to that issue, right? And that is when we bridge a connection to a marketplace of locally relevant service providers or products. Mm. How hard was it finding the right talent? I mean, when we talk about data and tech, you tend to associate it with a lack of talent or a lack of evolution in the talent. What was the challenge that you went through there? Well, look, I, I think um, I needed to find a couple of crazy people that, <laughs> that would like to join me on this, this uh, journey. Um, and, uh, you know, I always believe in trying to find undiscovered talent as opposed to discovered talent. Um, and I think, um, you know, they are usually sometimes the best entrepreneurs. So, so I, I basically had to go and look for outliers that would want to come in, challenge status quo with myself and, and, and who, who sort of um, really kind of like the, the really big task at hand, as opposed to trying to go and find someone who helped to build um, Apple's first smartwatch, um, you know, just pretty much a, a discovered talent, right? So, so I had to, you know, do, you know, talk to, to, to people in the in my network and, and, you know, go and look at things certainly and, and, and uh, found one person that then helped to find the second person then who helped to find the third person. And yeah, mm. from there. Mm, bit of a ripple effect there. I can understand and imagine how that goes uh, once you're, you're able to break the ice and get the right person on board. Okay, so I'm a pet owner myself. I'm very fascinated by this and the well-being of my pet is so important. Could you explain to me how my pet goes device works? I mean, what's the cost? What kind of monthly subscription am I looking at? So we sell it at 159 USD, so that would be 225 Sing, I think, talked it out. Um, and that's for the monitor itself. The monitor comes with a custom color, and we have the color in five sizes. So there is one with a breakaway for cats, and then there is a small, medium, large, and XO4 dogs. Now, you also get a charging cable, a setup guide, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
So it's sort of risk-free. And then there is a data plan. This is very much like your mobile phone. Uh, it's constantly roaming, and we're going straight to satellite. So um, that's the only way for us to be able to feed um, the location data and the health data to your smartphone application. And so that cost is six ninety nine up to nine ninety nine per month. And that would be USD. So whatever that fix is, ten to fifteen cents, give or take. No, I think it's nothing if you're a pet owner, because if you care for your pets, you're willing to pay the price. Why not? Especially when it comes to monitoring the health and location of your pet. Richard, I mean, let's talk a little bit about this. You know, the issues that come along with dealing with your pet's sickness or even unfortunately accidents that do happen what are some of the options out there for pet owners what's your perspective on managing this situation well look i i i think you know if if you can um get a bit more educated um then you don't need to run down to the vet at as as the first course of action i think if if you for instance had a wearable that could tell you um you know, if if a health value is getting abnormal, which is one of the things that we can do, we look at you know heart rate variability, pulse rate variability, uh, respiration rate, um, ambient and body temperature, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, if you can get more educated on what's going on with your pet, because you know pets are very good at hiding their emotions, mm. usually quite happy chappy, um, and and therefore it's hard to know sometimes, right, when a health value might be deteriorating. But I think. Educating pet parents, um, then they can use those tons of different self-assessment tools out there. They can find them online, go to a credible site. You can use the self-assessment tool, right? And then use a televet, maybe as a, 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 a third instance, right? Um, and then only if the televet says, look, I think you need to go down to seek out professional help at a clinic or the pet hospitals, then, then you should go down. But people should know that the vet community globally is very stressed out, so they should avoid going with their pet unless it's a very uh, serious um, case that they that they might have. So, so a televet is a is a good um, first course of action after data and, and sort of these self assessment tools. Um, Interesting, Richard. Actually, I wanted to ask, you know, in terms of the future of My Pet Go, how far are we away from, I mean, the Televet is a great idea. They can access the data. I would assume that potentially in the future, there's a way for a Televet to access the data. Or even if you go to a vet, can they interpret the data? Is training needed? Well, um, we have a sharing capability um, when you're in the app. So you can share a dynamic link and the dynamic link will, you know, can be sent with Telegram, WhatsApp, email, Signal, whatever your preference may be as a pet owner to your vet. So before a call that can be shared uh, with Televet or if you prefer to go and talk to your house vet, you know, you can sort of send the link over and then, and then sort of bring them up and say, look, um, did you check out my data from this and this big range? And, and you know, um, in, in, in addition, they can sort of say, look, this is what has happened. I've, I've seen this vomit or I've, I've, I've seen you know, blood in the stool or I've, I've, I've seen something else. And, you know, what, what should I do? And do I have to come down to the clinic? Um, yeah. All right. Um, what's next for My Pet Go? I mean, are there any plans to perhaps uh, upgrade the system? 
We will definitely, um, we've started to create uh, Generation 2, which will be more powerful. Um, there's going to be two sizes. So there's going to be one that's slightly smaller, which will cater to the smallest of dogs being chihuahuas um, and the absolute smallest toy breeds. And then obviously uh, the kittens and smaller cats. So, so that's in the works, slated to launch in 2024 at some point. Um, we are looking at you know, always improving the product and, and adding more features and functions. We will drip feed more features and functions for Generation 1 as well. So there, there, there's certainly going to be more coming. And I think, um, you know, if, if you know, anyone can download the application, um, just go to, to your app store, whether it's Google, Huawei, uh, Galaxy, or the Apple App Store, and we have a premium version that can be used. There is a reminder setter, there is a journal, there is certain features that can be used as a premium, uh, but I think we want to build that out too, and we want to add on more features and functions um, that users are requesting, and not just feeding people things that they might not want to have. Um, and, you know, we're, we're a global proposition, so we're looking at setting up an office here in Spain. That's why I'm here. And we're looking at setting up an office in the U.S. market as well, um, which is the largest pet care market currently. But, you know, China will overtake by 2027 wow. become the largest. So I think expansion is going to be something we want to do. Uh, we're quite focused now on Singapore, though. And then, obviously, uh, we're looking at Australia in Q1 next year. But, you know, who knows? U.S. might happen sooner than later. Um, anyone in the world can buy the monitor as long as our connectivity works in that particular market. And that was one of the things we wanted to address. Uh, since I couldn't buy any of the European or American monitors and get them to function in Singapore, so we sort of said, how do we actually make this a scalable product that can be sold globally to, to, to anybody who is interested in, in, in what we do? And then we wanted incremental innovation, and that's where we added a lot of this health data that was lacking from most of the other monitors with an expert recommendation and with the market sort of linking up to the marketplace. So, so I think, you know, there's going to be constantly evolution of, of everything. Nothing is ever done. Nothing is ever final. I think there will be um, certainly a lot of uh, upgrades coming um, on a weekly, monthly basis. Mm. And if you're interested to find out more, you can hit. You can just search up My Pet to Go and uh, find out more about uh, wearables. Well, it is designed for the modern pet parent, as it says. There are more details on their website. I do appreciate your time this morning, Richard Nielsen, the CEO and founder of My Pet to Go. Richard, thank you again. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.